Let's go. Let's podcast now. Hello, I'm John Waters, and I'm supposed to announce there is no smoking in this theater, which I think is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard of in my life. How can anyone sit through a length of a film, especially a European film, and not have a cigarette? But don't you wish you had one right now? Mm, 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 mm. And I'm telling you, smoke anyway. It gives ushers jobs. And if people didn't smoke, there would be no employment for the youth of today. So once again, no smoking in this theater. Mm. Okay, great. You want to introduce? No, us I again? don't. God. No, I don't. Very enthusiastic. Here we go. Here we go. Thank you very much for listening to Trilove, a literal roundtable roundtable podcast where we talk about movies that we saw at the Trilon. I am Jason, uh, and today I'm very excited to introduce two special guests we have for this episode. Uh, you guys want to introduce yourselves? Yes, I'm Ben Hansen, and I'm looking at. I'm John Carson. Hi, guys. Uh, and we've also got regular returners, Harry. And Non-special guests. Wow. Harry and... Just normal guests. I, I, I was going to say, regular returners is the term I was oh, going to use. Thanks, John. Uh, we're going to be talking about the movie Sunshine, Danny Boyle, 2007, today. Uh, I, <laughs> Weird name for the film. It is a strange, <laughs> strange epithet. Uh, I, we just saw this movie like an hour ago. Not, not our usual process, but... Uh, Most irregular. <laughs> I think it's better. It's, it's, a, better. it's a fresh yeah. take. Yeah, every exactly. time we were talking about the movie, walking out of the it's movie, hot, I wanted to close everybody's lips. You rip the Band-Aid off. You get all of your... You want to get up on that mic, John? No. <laughs> no. I was. See, He's going to edit it so you sound it. fine. Yeah. It's a trap. Make me sound better. Uh, Please. I have never seen this movie before. Who else? I think it was it was my first time, too. Cody? Uh, I'd seen it a couple times. A couple uh, times? Uh, really? Closer, closer to when it came out. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was my second time with an asterisk. Uh, I need you to explain that asterisk. Okay, yes. so... Uh, all right, so my roommate, like, eight years ago, really loved this movie, um, really hyped it up for me, bought it on Blu-ray. My Blu-ray disc would only play the movie with, like, behind-the-scenes uh, footage, playing picture-in-picture. Picture. Are you sure it wasn't some weird, like, menu option yeah. that Did you no, more on your button. way through? I checked all the menu options, tried multiple Blu-ray players, and still keep on You had multiple those, Blu-ray so. players eight yeah. years ago? yeah. God damn! It's very it's bankrupt. Yeah. All the Blu-ray players. It was, they were it was just me. It was just me. I, um, my I screening of this film had an asterisk too because John Carson's uh, Apple Watch kept going off throughout the film, <laughs> so I felt like I couldn't even save well, the film. I know it was. It didn't feel like you were in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> How do you guys feel about that? Because obviously, don't check your phone during a movie. Apple Watch. I feel like it's a middle ground, right? I think it's an extension of your phone, and you shouldn't also use so it. So was it the vibration that was throwing you off? The or? light, John. Okay, the so, light. So <laughs> it was brighter than the sun, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I put it, I shine. Put it, <laughs> sure. I put it in theater mode, and it's not supposed to turn on. So <laughs> okay. that was all me. That's fine. That That's fine. No, I can definitely re- relate. Actually, during this movie, the person to my right uh, kept checking their phone. It was really... I was not uh, checking my phone. I was taking oh, notes. Oh, wait. Oh, that was... Jason, that was you? That was me. You jackass. Wow. I was trying to take you notes, there. okay? I, I don't have bat night vision like you do. Well, they take part is, Are you looking at your notes now? Uh, they're on my phone, which is... Jason, <laughs> just person. Jason kept turning the little light that he keeps on his glasses on so that he could <laughs> take his notes. And little turn miners, off. right? Uh, so, first impressions of this movie, then. Like, fresh out of the viewing. I'll let the, the special guests start, because I need time. Okay, I'll go first. All right. Uh, you won the race. No one has ventured anything yet. I like this movie a lot. I thought that movie was very cool. Yeah. Qualify that a lot. 
Well, you know, towards the end, I think we'll get into some things to discuss that were a little I, bit like, well, that's a choice. But I, I, what, a, what a good experience. I'm so happy I saw it in the theater, too, just because yeah. the sound design was oh, the most yeah. impressive aspect of that movie. Oh, it yeah. blew my gross mind. And it's scary and really, like, it was good. It was like half the movie for me. There's a lot of space between the performances and the visuals and the sound in this movie. Yeah. And the movie just does a really good job of squishing you into that spot. Yeah. I really like the experience of watching this movie. I don't both know that the, I like the elements of it. The so sound design and the score were really strong for right. me. I yeah. like the score yeah. a whole lot. It made me want to go back and it's like, I know I love 28 Days Later, that other Danny Boyle movie. And like, yeah. I remember liking the sound, but how much is it just that I like in a heartbeat or whatever that one good song is called from 28 Days <laughs> Later? Like, was the rest of the sound design as brilliant in that film as it is in this one? I, I don't know if they had anything like as oppressive as the visual of the sun burning down on um, oh. like a heat shield and just like screeching. So good. I, I can't even explain like what the sound is, but it's, it's kind of terrifying just looking and Looking at it yeah, a lot, it. Of, a lot of sounds that don't have an obvious visual referent yep. in them. Yeah. There was just sound happening that, that had no relationship to the uh, what was happening on screen. Yep. Uh, and a lot of shots that didn't have a whole lot of relation to anything sort of sensible that were there for the... the uh, the purpose of the viewer mm-hmm. uh, in ways I really like. That's, yeah. That sounds like I'm uh, not so hot on it, but I really, um, I thought I thought the relationship between uh, the viewer and the characters and the events of the screen was kind of unusual in this movie. Are you I'm, going specific, specifically for like when they're flashing the images of like there the was people on the that. Icarus 1, like that level, or what, uh, what details are you talking about? Specifically later on in the movie when the, the antagonist sort of reveals himself, Pinbacker, every time we see him, we see him through this like refracted like yeah, uh, mm-hmm. broken up um, effect so that you can't really see him on screen. You never get like a good look at him. And I, I kept wondering, like, what are the characters seeing? <laughs> because like it's obvious, like, right. <laughs> like they're not seeing what we're seeing. This is for our benefit alone. It reminded me of a lot of uh, well, stip- typically horror movies where like they don't want to give you a full shot of the gruesome, terrifying thing that's chasing people. It would look so stupid. Sitting in a fluorescent room. It, it reminds me of the the like the last time you see al- the alien and alien, where he's just like flying out of the uh, uh, airbot pod and and their legs are just like splayed out and flailing. And it's like ah, oh, that yeah. looks so bad. Well, I took that like the distortion for that character as kind of connecting what's so impressive about just the visual effects and sound effects of the sun itself. Because for so mm. much of that film, you're just like every time you see the sun's effect, it's like hey, this is no joke. From the opening scene, right, where it's like, you're going to see 2%. You can maybe handle 3.1% for a limited amount of time. Just like, I love opening a sci-fi movie with you MFers don't understand how effed up this sun is. This will destroy its most powerful thing on Earth. And then the sound design like reinforces that the entire way through, obviously visually as well. And then I feel like by the time that antagonist came around, I feel like they're trying to channel that same feeling to like this guy has the power of the sun within him he'll really shove a little knife in you a couple times. <laughs> yeah, they, they set up a lot of what they're going to do with the not only the, the overwhelming power but also the weirdness uh, in the first act. Um, yeah. This is like a really well structured sci-fi movie for me. Um, I, I guess to get into my impressions, I also really like this movie. I think of a, a lot of it doesn't work at all. Um, I think a lot of the dialogue is, is really bad. Um, but like f- purely from like a sensibility standpoint, um, it like really hits the jackpot for me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, it both in terms of like tone and framing and like uh, just that the premise is is really great for me. The like bleakness of the premise. Um, it's just so weird to have a film that I mean. I've never seen a sci-fi movie that's just, hey, the sun's kind of scary, right, guys? Yeah. <laughs> what a weird conceit for the entire film. That sun's too hot, if you ask me. If you get too close to it, you know? <laughs> it's so weird. It's like I, That's what I love about sci-fi, is just to have a film that has made me 
think for two hours about just the power of the sun, which I've never right. done. Maybe for like three minutes at a time. <laughs> Tops! And, and not just like, it's oh, it's so hot it's going to burn you alive. It's like, it's so hot that it's weird. It's going to like bend space-time yeah. and, and like make you a cultist. And yeah, yeah, it's so hot, <laughs> it'll be your god. Yeah. Like, that's cool. <laughs> right. John, I feel like we stepped uh, over we your have a yeah. John. Go ahead. No, uh, so I also really like this movie, um, but the second time through, uh, some things kind of fall flat for me. Um, I feel like the characters are, are very, very flat. They're um, non-existent. No, yeah, yeah exactly. There's uh, there's the uh, psychiatrist who uh, is just obsessed with the sun um, and wants to stare at it all day. Um, there's the botanist who j- all, all she does is cares about her plants and oxygen uh, up to her, I guess, spoiler, her very end, um, which I, I really don't understand how she like sat back up after dying she just got stabbed in the back i mean I, unless it severed her spinal column guess, or something yeah, he's, a, he's a terrible murderer <laughs> <laughs> he really sucks yeah, he's really good at scaring people but not actually <laughs> killing killing them once he's yeah. done that um but yeah every everything with the sound the visuals those are the things that impressed me the first time around and the things that are, are still very very cool mm-hmm. uh seeing it again cody um a few things popped into my head while watching. Um, I, I think I'm generally on the same level as everybody else here in that I also really enjoyed it and like a lot of the technical components really stood out. About uh, Towards the end of the first act, I got thinking about this. and So this is a 2007 film. The year after this, Danny Boyle goes on to win a shitload of Oscars for Slumdog Millionaire. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know what movie is equidistant from this movie and current day? Oh, no. Dark Knight. Gravity. Like I don't just like for how impressive. Wait, I'm sorry. Like 2013, as far as like oh, release oh, dates oh, go. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, weird. Just not as for, yeah. Um, so just like as impressive as everything looked, I think here, and then like Gravity also got a lot of attention. Um, I, that's not really a necessary lens to look through, but it I don't know just kind you're of it that, dated it a little bit. Hmm. And you're saying that maybe Gravity owes a lot to this movie. Uh, I wasn't suggesting that, oh, but sorry. I don't know. No, I mean, I I didn't know what point I was making. I was kind of I was gonna kind of <laughs> yeah. open it up and just well, like I don't know, like kind of knowing that we're, you know, six years along, we get Gravity from 2007. And now six years later, I don't know. Just like tracking that is that yeah. is that interesting at all? Well, did did anything visually bump you in this movie for like that doesn't age well? Honestly, no. Like I I think they knew when to to hide things. Yeah, um, they're like the silhouettes of like the shields of the ship that kind of uh, like you use the backing from the sun to show a lot without really showing anything if that makes sense when, we don't, when both of them are next to each other after they've got yeah. the new ship it looks like a butt yeah I, well, I also said that, that out loud I'm well like, oh, I think even the Icarus computer butt. was like we look like a butt now. <laughs> <laughs> Icarus in, in her disturbingly sexual voice yeah. was like a really really sexy computer we're voice we're docking <laughs> 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 Uh, I took the shield to be a complete, uh, just the all-time Easter egg. Um, it's alluding, you know, uh, a couple years down the line of Chris Evans' casting as Captain America. <laughs> That's right? amazing. This is where Feige got America's the idea. Dude, yeah. Absolutely. No, the shield Boyle. had been made of vibranium, maybe it wouldn't have <laughs> fallen apart. <laughs> Way different movie, I tell If he would have flamed on, he would have uh, uh, not frozen. Uh, That's uh, right. So. This is this is still in the uh, the era when we Johnny were considering yeah. uh, Chris Evans a bad boy yep. instead yeah. of Captain America. Right. Because, like, yeah. his, his career really arced in that direction was, like, Back in 2007, it was like this guy's got some like he's got some darkness. Some <laughs> no, he him. doesn't. And he didn't. It he turned out that we made him Captain America. Boy. Yeah. 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 Shut the f up, Kappa! Maybe <laughs> <laughs> the worst. Line I was going to say Michelle Yeoh told him to get a haircut, and then he's like, oh, "I'm Captain America now, I guess." <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was 
I remembered Cillian Murphy being in the movie just from trailers or whatever back in the day. But when Chris Evans came on screen, it was a genuine delight. I'm like, oh, this movie just got a little bit more yeah, interesting. Yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, I will qualify. I really liked how this movie looked. I really liked how it used uh, the bizarre imagery. Like, sometimes there would just be, like, a lens flare from somebody's face, and then suddenly it's either the sun or the reflecting mirrors of the ship, just, like, in a really subtle but uh, it's striking way. But any time that we saw anything inside of the ship, I think that the designs of the ship were actually pretty outdated. It's I think a little it did, sure. blah. Well, like, when you go back to something like Alien or any other, like, earlier science fiction films, some of those designs are, like, iconic enough or they're already weathered enough to, like, be charming anyway. I, this so doesn't seem to be When you compare this to Alien, the best set design <laughs> in film history, it's a real Listen, dog I just set him up, I knock him down. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Like, even the design of the spacesuit, it's like, what? It looks like the Volas from Mass Effect. Like, what am I yeah. thinking? It looks like exactly a big like a Volas from Mass Effect. That's so weird. I uh, loved that about it. Well, I don't know. I they thought did, it was... Like, I read about uh, how they designed that suit, and it was apparently to, like, make the actors specifically as uncomfortable as they could while in the suits to make them feel claustrophobic, and, like, they didn't really have a sense of their surroundings while they were in it and acting. They didn't oh, think weird. that Cillian Murphy could sell uncomfortable unless <laughs> they really made him uncomfortable. He exudes uncomfortable. Yeah, I like how he kept, like, looking back at the camera within the suit like what a terrible you're a professional you don't need to look at the camera is when you're good? in the suit Danny know. is this good yeah, exactly. <laughs> Danny it's really hot in here yeah, uh, how hot do you think it was in that suit because they were sweating a lot at least like 90 degrees 90 degrees yeah, oh, another really great uh, line in this movie is it was like uh, what was the temperature outside in, in the vacuum of negative, oh, negative yeah. 273 yeah, yeah negative 273 degrees Celsius and Chris Evans is immediately like it'll be cold but we'll make it <laughs> <laughs> Like, all right. <laughs> uh, then talk about the writing of this film, Harry. You seem to uh, drag on it a, quite oh, a bit. Oh, you know, I, I I feel bad dragging on it, I guess. Uh, but th- there were some lines that were, like, notably eliciting laughs from the audience that, that weren't meant to. Uh, at one point, Michelle Yeoh calls um, Chris Evans a flyboy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Which is, like, rough. Like, uh, <laughs> Why would you Princess make Michelle Leia? Yeoh say flyboy? I know. Seriously. Uh, there's little things, too, that would drive me nuts kind of related to the writing where one of my least favorite things in movies is when they don't take the audience's intelligence into account Mm -hmm. and they're just repeating dialogue from earlier in the movie like I've had a nightmare about flying into the sun. Oh, yeah, we got yeah. it. We remember. It was they like do that like several ago. times, and it's the I last know. line of the movie too, which I is know. a real bummer. Totally, yeah. they don't need to do that. Like in my mind, that's only a studio note. It has to be right. Yeah. Right. I. That's like a. There's like a whole the whole sensibility behind like never have vo in your movies, and like maybe I'm not like that much of an extremist, but like it did remind me a little bit of like the Blade Runner stuff. Yeah. Where, where it's totally. like they just put Harrison Ford vo over a bunch of scenes in Blade Runner, right? And it like ruined the movie and, and like wh- even 2049 i feel like had that problem right yeah to an extent yeah when they get super lazy about it they just like relegate it to like the ship's voice the yeah, Icarus yeah. voice just explaining for some reason explaining to the like therapist on the crew who apparently who supposedly went through training that he can't see more than 4.1 percent of the sun's brightness before <laughs> he'll die and he's like no chalk it up to whatever and then she's like no you you can't see that much of it before you're... Is it hot enough for you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I it's did, getting hot I kind of like that scene, though, because because it was, like, already establishing, like, a weird sun addiction. Totally. Where she's like, no, you can't handle the fucking pure uncut shit. Like, we gotta, like... What <laughs> <laughs> is all you get? Chill and he's up, like, human. no, come on. Like, I can, I can handle 3.3. Come no, on. No, and I agree, like, the character is pretty simple and one-dimensional, but just for the idea of setting I, up that, I think hey, it's a slippery slope, you're gonna end up mm. as I think he was uh, probably beast. the coolest of the characters in on that ship. 100%. Best voice. 
Yes, yeah. Yeah. absolutely. Uh, and it, he he also has like a really great. Uh, my favorite shit in sci-fi movies ever is when you can just like say something that's really compelling and like maybe you don't return to it but it's like thought provoking enough that it gets to you and his like first line in the movie when they're all sitting together alien style and eating food or whatever is is he's like no you see like like when you're in darkness you feel distinct from darkness but when you're in light the light becomes you and i was like oh fuck uh-huh. yeah pass the wontons we got it buddy <laughs> well i guess i think his last line is something like hey kappa we're all stardust. Yeah. Right, like, right. Like, it's like a couple stardust references. Yeah. Speaking of dust. <laughs> human was, skin. What is it's going human, on? It's human, it's it's human skin. How much skin? Was there a 6,000-pound man on that ship? <laughs> so How much skin was there? Pinbacker, who is literally just, like, shedding skin at all times. It's all of his. He's got perpetual sunburn. He's peeling all over the place. Yes. Oh, do you think that's what's happening? Yeah, 100%. Well, and everybody the crisped themselves like bacon, getting, at, like, all of the hydration left their bodies, right? So they're just their skeletons were left sitting there staring right. at the sun oh, right up. But, but imagine being like that weird scab of a man just mm-hmm. wandering around the ship thinking you're talking to God or maybe actually talking to God who knows right fellas whoa yeah. but imagine them dust settling on your weird scab body that image just freaked me out well he fills a film. room and then he leaves and then he never <laughs> returns <laughs> well yeah this room's just dust now I can't come back here <laughs> what the what happened to that guy? They they tore some flesh off his arm. Yeah. He's like, I'm out. They did the classic thing where the the thing that makes the monsters scary would actually make them very inefficient as <laughs> yeah. like a killing machine. It's like, oh, like look, his his skin's all burnt and stuff, and like, isn't that scary? But also, like, he's like barely able to like walk, and anybody that yep. touches him, he's like, ow, ow. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I gotta get you with uh, my vibrating uh, toothbrush here. Come on. Anybody have any aloe? Well, yeah, it was so weird. Like you know, when I had the big silly Murphy hero scene where he's marching towards something to do something and he's like come on pick yourself up Spider-Man or whatever you're saying in the hallway this is, this is when like space and time are fucked right at the end right? well even before that oh, but that, I feel that's like that's when he like tripped on a doorway and was just yeah. like shit when he has two minutes otherwise humanity is fucked and he spends one quarter of that time banging his head on the yeah, floor exactly <laughs> time is moving stupid, forward stupid <laughs> even by the sun times I think but it was just like that weird beat I assume we're all in the same space right where as he's walking down the hallway it's just like yeah, uh, yeah. The crazed man is still running around. Like I'm not being yeah. duped in the least. Like, did you think we forgot about right. the most interesting thing <laughs> right. in the film right now? It was where's that guy? And also, I I, I think I told uh, Harry and Jason this like immediately afterwards. There was like a good solid 10, 15 minutes where I thought they killed Rose Byrne off screen, and oh, we just yeah. Like, yeah. Missed, no. I was like, what happened to her? I thought yeah. I saw her fly by when like the the door came cascading opened. And like space came yeah, in. I wasn't I was sure like, who that was. I, right. It might it might have been the, the guy who uh, killed himself. I right. think it was Michelle Yeoh. It was Michelle Yeoh. Oh, yeah. was it? Oh, that really? was yeah. yeah. Seemed like too much hair to be the guy who killed himself. Oh. She was using the plant yeah, yeah, as like a uh, wind waker. Uh, yeah, she, <laughs> I could make it, guys. <laughs> wow, the fact that I couldn't even tell it was her. Maybe uh, it's almost like her character deserved better, huh? Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. What? I what I loved about this movie is just clarity. I'm a sucker for mm-hmm. clarity of geography, of details like ship, shield, cool design, got mm-hmm. it. They've got to yep. get here, got it. And then I feel like in the back third absolutely falls apart. They toss yeah. that away. What was happening May- to any yeah. What was the, the Chris Evans foot Doesn't, was snagged yeah, on a right. what was yeah. it? Yeah. I kept and then he started bleeding out in a cool Is that what it was? Yeah. God, that was messy. Yeah, this yeah. was a this is a really nerdy uh comment to make but I like I'm, I was reminded weirdly of like uh, Kingdom Hearts 
where, where like a thing that people Video say games. about Kingdom Hearts is that that the plot doesn't matter. It's all about being subsumed in like the feeling of what's happening, and the feeling can be very clear even when the plot is completely. Ab- oh my! You're okay. dovetailing near what I want to say about the back third of the movie, which is that it's bad. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. bad. Yeah. <laughs> and so is Kingdom Hearts. Uh, wow. No, Whoa. but that. that Let's, I think I just made a couple say of things enemies. you can't take uh, back. But I'm with that, you, man. Like, the, the, you the mean close? the happy video games fucking sucked? <laughs> wow, we have. But that's, that's how a lot of the I, movie felt to me. Well, uh, I just think right. that it you was, get the idea. Yeah, is, is that like like the the emotional. Uh, um, weight of the scene really came through partially because of the amazing score yeah. Um, yeah, and and just the like the deadly self-serious earnestness of this movie which is my favorite thing like I, I love a sci-fi movie that takes itself extremely seriously uh, it's way better than any sort of like irony in my opinion right and I think I think that's done more in set design and uh, and cinematography and directing than writing weirdly I think that yeah. the writing doesn't serve the um uh, like the actual building of the world way too well. Like you said, it's an incredibly detailed uh, and like well thought out realization of what might happen. Apparently they consulted with real astrophysicists on some of the theoretical elements of this movie uh, and it just does feel pretty... Why do you wince? Oh, I, I, I think that the plot of this movie is, is pretty contrived. Uh, oh, wildly. Yeah, um, in ways that are frustrating. Uh, like like the, the whole, like, we have a last best hope. It's better to have two last best hope than one. It's like, <laughs> why would the bomb work that way? That doesn't make I any know, fun. But yeah. at the same time, it's also, I liked it just for the angle of, I'm with Chris Evans, like, for most of this. I know yeah. he's supposed to be the bad yeah. boy here, but he's making the he most sense. He made a sense. really good point. That's yeah. another reason why the psychiatrist has the best ride in this whole movie. He d- he decides to join a cult of the sun at the very beginning. <laughs> he's the one. He's the first one who brings up in their little team meeting that just, like, say, you know what's better than one bomb? Two bombs. Right, Just right. throwing that out there. Uh-huh. And, then he, and then he proceeds to, you know, do cult things all movie, uh, and then he gets to die by the hands of the sun. Oh, Okay. In terms of details that don't make sense, I was so confused. I was like, all right, boarding Icarus 1, here we go. Let's put our shirts over our mouths. Yeah, like, what the uh, hell? Wait, so you don't have spacesuits for everybody, which is confusing in and of itself. But even then, so you're just opening up when you're low on oxygen to let your ship's oxygen pump into the new ship? Or, like, what? Did, what is happening here? Presumably yeah, right. the ship was generating its own oxygen. It had its own, like, uh, ecosystem. Uh, so they yeah. scanned that and it could tell that. I was going to say, did that they a, know that? That came as a surprise to them. I know. Right? Yeah. 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 I was so confused by that. You're yeah. just walking into this ship. <laughs> what? Okay, I know I mentioned it briefly, but what do you think was up with like flashing the faces of everybody on that ship? Is that just a weird editing choice? Like Danny Boyle I, pulled, I got so. it up his ass. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say Danny Boyle definitely watched Fight Club. Um, the other thing was uh, I honestly like to tell us that we're going into that ship because otherwise I would. I was like, where are they going? Oh, really? Like, <laughs> I, just like the, I'm seeing their faces. Like, oh yeah, Icarus One. Oh, that's probably where they are because we're seeing flickers of these fucking ghosts. Right. I, uh, I didn't like that effect, but I will say that it was effective, right? Like, yeah. it was yeah. jarring. Yeah. Like, I almost asked John, like, hey, was this in? Yeah. Like, I, the first time I saw it, I was like, Listen, oh, did somebody plenty, splice in? Like, There's a, plenty of, uh, of special features about that plan <laughs> <laughs> during, during my first watch. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, I... I that touches on something that I really like about the movie, which is that weird, like, fourth wall breaking. Near the end of the movie, when time is, like, dilating and nothing's making sense phys- metaphysically or physically, yeah. uh, the movie starts to do that. Like, it lingers for another, like, three or four frames on top of a shot. Yeah, just it does, like, a 2001 oh, thing where yeah. it's just, like, a distorted face that, like, just I, appears for, I like... I thought their projector was freezing. <laughs> yeah, it really it'll just yeah. make you think, like, oh, the that's... film's breaking down, which is an awesome way of making you think reality's yeah. breaking down. Right, right? and that's, yeah. that is what I was going to defend the... Th- like back third of this movie with is like 
it's trying to connote or convey some of that. I don't think that that was intentional, but I'm uh, excusing it that way. So that I, I, just, I think that was intentional because that whole thing earlier of just like yo, when when we get down to it, time, space, mm-hmm. all, of our, all of our all of our sensory <laughs> perceptions of everything are going to meld together into this big mess. It's going to feel like the projector of your lives is going to stop, but really, it's you know it's still going. No need to be concerned, and I wasn't concerned. Yeah, I kind of wanted more that. It seemed like it was me too. I didn't sure, understand yes. physically what was happening. They're sliding. Maybe gravity was shifting. And then after that, it's like, okay, you're in a room and you just walk in there and you ignite the thing. And right. then I guess the sun gets right next to you and you touch it, which is a cool it's, idea, but I, yeah. so I was confused. I wanted it more surreal. When they were right. explaining it earlier in the movie, they were saying it was like creating a new tiny Big Bang. Yeah. And like yeah. It was a singularity. So like all time's going to stop. Every Nothing's going to make sense uh-huh. uh, when you're Right. When you're there is it, a pseudo-scientific so. explanation that sets up for what we're going to see. Right. But yeah. make it look cooler then. Don't just make it look like it's a normal room and then the sun's just coming in the side of it. Yeah. Like, sure. Like, sure. Some weird well, no-clip thing. I like to think just because Alex Garland was attached to this and uh, Annihilation last year, Hell yeah. I like to think that some of the ideas of this movie where they like led up to an understanding of the thing That was a big takeaway was for me, thing. too. Totally. Whereas in Annihilation, it's just like, here is the big block you'll never understand penetrate it and go mm-hmm. there and find out what it's about rather than like build a bomb to destroy the thing after studying it for years and years and years uh, and I think that some of the sensibilities from writing this movie must have led Alex Garland to be a better <laughs> better writer yeah, later it was, on. Yeah. I, didn't, uh, I didn't know Alex Garland wrote this until I saw that and it was like Oh, makes total <laughs> yeah. sense. Uh, yeah. Shout out to Alex Garland. Come on the pod. We'd love to have you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We on. like charred bodies too, as much yep. as you do. I <laughs> Yo, promise. Like one hundred percent. And people whose lives are poetically ended with for, with foliage and leaves. Oh yeah, yeah. women Both of movies. color specifically. <laughs> yeah, yikes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, that uh, so they ignite the bomb. Hey, every, everything's happy. It's no longer time for snowmen on planet Earth. Yep. I in really, Sydney, which is how you yeah, know things yeah, are like, yeah. like, That's oh, crazy. Where, where are they? It must be like Minnesota. And then. <laughs> right. But I thought too long about that final shot, which you knew was going to happen with you know the phone call at the beginning. Oh, sure. Know, right. Right. But just like that idea of like, okay, so you will know that this happened because the light will hit you eight minutes be, later. But a, then it still was like a wave of light. Like, wait, is the entire point accompanied be, by like a boar? Yeah, it's going to be moving at the speed of light. Is that the entire point? And then of the what earth just, just like it gets enveloped in flames. <laughs> that would be a great twist. Oh, yeah. that would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. We um, should have done this. You brought up uh, Sydney, which led to um, uh, low key, no, high key. One of my mm. biggest frustrations of this movie. Why not let Roseburn and Cillian Murphy talk in their normal voices? Why are oh, they why are they both sure. gringos? That <laughs> <laughs> I mean I assume it's it's as simple as uh, we're gonna market this to America. You know what they think of you. I don't know. Yeah. I w- yes. I mean that's ultimately the reason. On the other annoyed. hand, uh Chris Evans seemed to pop between like sort of the Chicago style bad boy accent. He's and just a kid from regular, Brooklyn, you know? Yeah. Oh. Did not work super well for me. You know what didn't work well for me? was when Cillian Murphy got to make his final phone call home. What was that background? Like the green screen <laughs> bobbly warbling? I That was it my was first a, lull yeah. of the show. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Why it's, would they It's do just that? such a like, like in the future, things are going to be weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, but wait, he could have just, it was literally where he was standing too. Like you could see it behind him. And so it's like, dude, just walk somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> it was so jarring. He's new to streaming. It's fine. Oh, I was going to yeah. say, I was hoping, yeah, Chris Evans would be like, ah, oh, he picked the Windows 98 background <laughs> for his final <laughs> transmission to Earth, huh? And so the idea was Chris Evans was mad because Cillian Murphy took too long to yeah, record that, so he couldn't send the message is, back is home? Is that what was going on? Is I, that I, I think he said specifically fight? the package was too heavy. 
was like the the I believe the line that led to that fight. Like my <laughs> sister's using dial-up right now, so I can't use the internet. Well, well, they're thing. going out of comms range, so maybe the file couldn't be sent before. Well, and and his character, uh, Murphy's character, is shown like doing three or four different right. takes. He's yeah. making a zip file. Want <laughs> 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 to edit this quick, guys? Um, yeah. Oh, good. So, uh, just like story-wise, what I was thinking this the entire time is this kind of feels like a, I don't want to say high-budget, um, medium-budget Doctor Who episode without the oh, Doctor. Really? Hmm. Um, I don't know, just like the, uh, the, the crew of astronauts who are going off into space to ignite a bomb in the sun, who are then later, uh, are, uh, in- they encounter like a, a crazy sun monster. Is this okay. literally like a Doctor episode? You're saying it, it feels, feels like, like it. it. No, yeah. like it. Which era of the Doctor, though? Uh, this would be probably. I'm not ready for this answer. I just wanted to ask the uh, question. Is it the 12th Doctor? 12th Doctor. Yeah. Don't you forget. I think it reminded me of Twilight Zone, yeah. Midnight Sun, if you remember that episode. I don't. Right? Where. Uh, the problem is that the Earth is getting closer and closer to the sun, or mm-hmm. vice versa. I forget what it is. So everything's getting hot, like paintings are melting. Ew. And it has one of the dumbest Twilight Zone twists where at the end of the episode, the character wakes up and they just had a fever. And they say, oh, you're, ha- you're hot. You had a fever. Don't you remember that the world's actually cold because the Earth is getting farther away from the oh, sun? No. <laughs> like, what? Is this like what? Back lady? at it again. <laughs> hey, Ben, you seem to know a lot about the Twilight Zone. Why is that? Oh, a podcast called The Twilight Highlight Zone where we talk about the original show and also the reboot a little bit. It's very good. Oh, thank you so much. Very sweet. Uh, so what is your favorite lens to look through this movie at? I guess in just summary, like, is it the... Uh, for it's, you. It's... What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, is it like that silly, like, comparing it to other sci-fi way or is it the, like trying to understand it on its own terms as its own thing. It's so tough when the movie starts not to just have, okay, here's the alien fun crew chat, right, where they're sitting around having Chinese. Especially when, yeah, they reference it so explicitly where it's like they're in a room that's too big and they're eating Chinese and they're all sort of like buddy-buddy and they're huddled together really close and, yeah. Yeah. And then it goes into, all right, things going wrong in space, which is beloved and it's it's tough not to be compared to every other sci-fi movie and just like, all right, how well are these logical leaps stacking up? And for so much of the movie, it's like, got it, got it, got it. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> well, the there, there's weird transitions from like kind of hard sci-fi to thriller, then yeah. to horror movie, then... Yeah, well, what did you feel for the other people that watched it for the first time when they had the scene where like, there's a fifth person on the ship? Like, what did you think it was going to be? It didn't feel like a very gentle transition into that new movie that it was trying to be yeah. you know, from sci-fi thriller yes, to, I agree. to horror yeah. movie um, clearly like from the pl- from the seed they plant of the guy going crazy you know that he's going to be like sort of the antagonist of the rest of the film or sure. least that, that's what it appeared to me so I guess I felt like okay this is going to happen I might as well just resign myself to understanding that this is what the movie is now rather right. than like an interesting path that could have gone with the plot it's now yes, that's this. Uh, it's I now think you alien, just described yeah. one of my great frustrations with a lot of sci-fi movies which is that the first act of a sci-fi movie is always my favorite part like totally. almost almost always yeah. and the path that the uh, movie eventually takes when it has to commit to a plot is always disappointing in comparison to like the setup like, yeah. like this and I think this movie is a really good example of that because it's like 
in the first act, it's like, okay, we're setting up that like the sun is not only overwhelming and powerful, but it also is strange. And something happened to this other crew, and like we're very desperate, so we're taking these risks we wouldn't ordinarily take, and we're sort of like in a psychological space we wouldn't normally inhabit. Mm-hmm. And like, what's going to happen? And I was like, okay, like I'm so here for this. And then you know, like by the end of the movie, there's a slasher. Like, right. it's like right. uh, <laughs> yeah, and there's also it's so frustrating because. To have a plot like this move forward, people have to make mistakes. Something has to go wrong. But it's so tough to have your characters make mistakes, but have it be fully justified. And like, let's take the first one for example. Like, were you guys all all on that guy's side when he's like, "I had so much in my head. I had so much math to do. I didn't think about the shield thing." Or is that too much of a leap to begin with? No, because I don't think we would have thought about the shield thing either. <laughs> we didn't know about like, it. Yeah, shit, I forgot about the shield it's too. Like, oh, oh, the shield has to move like. Two degrees, like right, right. Uh, otherwise, half the the system is messed up. Like that mm-hmm. brings us to something that I really didn't like about the movie, and it's that they are the most incompetent people for mm. these jobs. Generally, mm-hmm. yeah. like they don't have the decision making capability to just say yes, let's go get the second bomb. It's that classic like Jordan Peele frustration, where Jordan Peele's big frustration is like, how come all the people in horror movies are so dumb? And mm-hmm. so, like, all of his movies are all about like subverting that. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe these are the dumbest people on earth, and people <gasps> made a program oh, to smart. send the them Simpsons into the episode. sun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's very smart. Except for that second captain. I thought he was. Oh, really yeah, no, cool. yeah, he's fine. <laughs> 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 what about me? I'm certainly not a low priority. He's the biggest cartoon character in the entire film. Like, what is this guy? I was going to say, my turn to make a reference to something. I love that he got the Aunt Marge from Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban treatment when he just kind of floats along in the sky for a little bit. They cut back. It's like, where is he now? Oh, oh there, that's what you're oh. spending your reference on. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I did love it, and it's it's just sci-fi porn. I'm just like, you've seen people freeze yep. in space. We've all seen Mission to Mars, right? Yeah. But yep. seeing that, and then like seeing part of his body shatter, right. it's so, so it's oh, the and like the blood is like crystals because yeah. it's yep. like. Oh, but then you get yeah. oh, but then you get the double whammy because then he goes into that sun. And he's like whoosh, right. oh, and and it's so such a good. Team oh, Rocket moment that I had. Yes. Like, I laughed because he just twinkles and poops. Is that what happens to them at the end of every episode? Do you want to see their limbs fly off? Oh yes. my god. Clean breaks. Uh, so I, I've seen maybe two, including this, Danny Boyle movies. I think mm. it was this and uh, Train Spotting. And I guess just like the, um, again, the fourth wall breaking, the editing uh, and the different stylistic choices that were made visually are things that like appealed to me and that I noticed carried over from that movie. Uh, does anybody else here have more experience with Danny Boyle than I do? God, a little bit. As I was watching, I was trying to run down in my mind. It's like, okay, I love 28 Days Later. I was uh, going to say, do we want to read through of his filmography? Please. Okay. Oh, yeah, that would be great. Um, just pulling it up, pulling it up, talking much yourself. Well, just like, okay. what then did you see from 28 Days Later that, like, appeared in this? There's a there's this Cillian Murphy fella. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, oh, tell me more about him. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, honestly, it's been so long since I've seen that, that. That's why I was trying to remember what the sound it is. It wasn't ringing like. any bells as no, you were going not, along? No, nothing too specific. It, yeah. Oh, it, I, oh go the, ahead. Sorry. Oh, is it, like, environmental tension? Uh, mm. Does he have some sort of a, a skill for that because everything that every every shot in space oh yeah is uh, it, it's interesting like there, there's there's either some sort of fear or excitement or mm-hmm. something happening every time that he shoots out out yeah. at the uh there's the solar uh shield yeah. or at the sun itself just or, like how you know every shot before he strums the guitar in yesterday it's like is he going to play the beatles song right <laughs> is he to play yellow submarine <laughs> is it time in this movie there were way there were like more dutch tilts than you could 
tilted. I was going to mention mm-hmm. that it didn't bother me, and uh, usually Dutch angles uh, bother the hell out of me, um, just because like I, it's like I'm the only shot that I know the name of because I'm not. <laughs> yeah. So every time I see it, I'm like, oh, Dutch shot, and I'm yeah. just out of the movie. Uh, I think this movie is shot really well um, to the point that. Uh, in my opinion, like like the what John just described, the sort of like his his aptitude at, at creating that tension, like really carries, uh, so that I could ignore some of the awkwardness of the dialogue and mm-hmm. the thin characterization because it was just like, but I'm so there, like I'm I was having so much fun being like in this dreadful like like terrible desperate position with mm-hmm. these people, mm-hmm. um, th- that it that it worked really well uh, and and sort of made up for some of the sci-fi awkwardness yeah uh thinking back to how pinbacker was framed uh in in the, in the third act um backer uh, yeah shout out to mark strong who, also, oh yeah oh i was gonna say who we probably didn't see shot in full because he's probably just you know sunburnt and naked yeah presumably yeah. it's, a hell it's of a just how he showed schedule. up yeah. it's he, weird uh, just yeah. real quick it's weird to call one of your characters kappa but then there's also a lot of captain shouts yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's too much yeah, I, uh, yeah, I agree with that a lot. Um, the framing of Pinbacker reminded me, come to think of it, a lot of like the Horde in Twenty Eight Days Later. Mm. It's just kind of like the general outline of bad things. Mm. Uh, you know they're there, and you know they're, that they're coming towards you. You see a lot of like eyes, especially in like Twenty Eight Days Later, with like the focus on like these are the infected. This, this is what their yeah. eyes look like. Mm. Thumb shot. Right. Yeah. The recurring image of Pinbacker that we have is like his eye, and then it's kind of like bookended later once he's, you know. This is my mega evolution. <laughs> is that Pokemon? Uh-huh. Whatever, you got it. About yeah. it. Yeah. Um, a Gigamax now. Sure. Dynamax. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, can you imagine uh, a giant pinbacker? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to go over Danny Boyle's filmography. No, I was about just curious for, about okay. like if anybody... Yeah. Yeah. You're right. He's this giant naked melting man. The part that I liked a lot, like the thing that made me think the most maybe in this movie, well, I don't know if that's true, but I'll say it, was... When they're like, okay, somehow Icarus 1 and Icarus 2 separated. And I mm-hmm. love that they kind of planted it with the three in the hallway talking about, like, we're mapping out this oxygen. We might have to do something. And so in your mind, it's like, okay, well, it's probably one of those three. And the other two are just really good. Or they're all three really good actors. This is just an amazing little beat. And then I like the choice that, oh, no, it's it's the freak of nature that it apparently did it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, yep. that that's like one of the, the tension elements that really works is yeah. the suspicion between the crew members. Mm-hmm. I think some of the other sort of, uh, like, stabs, uh, no pun intended, at, um, at trying to raise the sort of, like, classic sci-fi um, moral challenges of this movie like we only have enough oxygen for three people we got to get rid of some people are we going to force this man to commit suicide hang on you didn't like that i I thought that was so effed up i've never seen that in movie before like hey this guy's broken he's suicidal do we want to push him over the edge i thought that was insane it's definitely an alex arlen thing to write right yeah i guess so Uh, i thought chris evans was gonna take care of it for him and was I, on his like, way to do so. Yeah, right. He's like, well, yeah. it's whatever whatever he's comfortable with. And but, so the decision but no, was made. Uh, even right. earlier than that, though, Ben, you did say, like, should we let this guy commit suicide? Oh, sure. Like, they yeah. were talking uh, the, right. among yeah, themselves right. about yeah. that, yeah. which is pretty interesting and fucked up. Yeah, um, I've never seen that in a movie, yeah. Yeah, I didn't... 
the rest of that didn't really work for me. Maybe just because I didn't connect with the characters enough to yeah. like understand. That was that. my problem. Was anything that the characters decided to do or didn't decide to do or any like quandaries that they had in their minds didn't land for me. Just because like I didn't really care about these archetypical or characters under, or yeah. understand where they were coming from. Like uh, Michelle Yu's character Corazon seemed to have some like relationship with the like O2 gardens that she was like very connected to them. What more do you need to know? Like I didn't. She, she was in charge of it. She liked it. Sure. It gave everybody life. That was her <laughs> yeah. role. That, that was like her only characteristic, though, which kind of sucked. I don't. And know. nobody else was given a characteristic like that, except maybe the psychiatrist who was obsessed with the sun. Right. And everybody came to be obsessed with the sun. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. You have you have the classic guy who's kind of an asshole in Mace, and his whole character is like, ah, oh, that guy's kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> uh, the whole uh, just circling back really quick to the whole like talking about the oxygen supply. I think they spent an appropriate amount of time on that for like where the movie ended up going where it was like oh it was nobody on the ship at all it was like mm-hmm. some outside party if they had spent you know a good chunk of like the second act talking about that amongst themselves uh like those are kind of like the the tense dare i say like noiry elements of like something like a sci-fi film that i could really get into mm-hmm. but if they had spent you know like a half hour talking about this it was like no it was pinbacker the whole time <laughs> he's that, a heavy breather right and it's just like such a <laughs> cop-out um so i'm glad that they kind of veered out of that when yeah. they did yeah in general i'm a really strong proponent of like explain less like yeah. ben mm-hmm. you said like i really hated the vo part oh yeah, and yeah, I, yeah but i think that there are some times that this movie is really effective in what it doesn't tell you like the fact that pinbacker is just on their ship like He's just right. there. And it's like, how the R- fuck did that guy get there? It doesn't he was make hiding any in sense. the dust, yeah. I hope. Like, oh, yeah. that would be cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was very confused why Pinbacker... It looked like he, like, grabbed the suicide guy. Oh, he, like, busted through the glass? Was he just trying to go for Rose Byrne, but then it just... Accidentally, he got caught up in this... That's what I'm thinking. Corpse? Yeah, probably. For a second, I'm like, oh, is he going to do something messed up with that corpse? Oh, no, no. When did she actually stab him? Did she just get him a couple times in the neck? Or? I think it's when he reached in to grab... Um, I don't want to just call Benedict him the suicide. Yeah, <laughs> Benedict Wong's character. Yeah, Trey. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's right, Trey. Uh, Benedict Wong's great in this. Uh, he's, when he when yeah. he's when he has his his crying monologue about how he fucked up, that was good acting. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hey, good acting. <laughs> good job, Wong. Um, if we're talking about uh, Danny Boyle motifs, um, I got another one here. We were talking about uh, the limbs broken off in space. That probably. Uh, gave him the idea to write the fictional story 127 hours, right? Hmm. Yeah, that's yes. a good point. Makes you think. Yeah, that is a great point. Mm-hmm. I for- he I actually directed that? that movie. <laughs> yeah, I had never oh, yeah. looking through this. I was like, man, 127 hours. Wow, I forgot. What, Steve Jobs? Oh, wow. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. Not great. Is that the Ashton Kutcher one? No, that's iJobs. Or whatever. Oh, <laughs> yeah. This is the one where it's like <laughs> three Fast different Bender. chunks from his life. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, sometimes Perfect. I really want to rewatch that. Sometimes I just like I'm pretty good on that. Forever. I think everybody wants to like it a lot more. What else yeah. we got? This is this is helpful. Oh, okay, yeah. Here, uh, train spotting is this big one. Yeah. Train spotting's the yeah, that's the big one. Um, and then train spotting again. What was that? T two. T two. Train spotting. Yes. Two train. Two train. Two furious. Looking. The beach in two thousand stands out. I think. Oh yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. It is. Yeah. I know a lot of people. Wait. Am I thinking of the island? I think you're thinking of Shutter Island. No, no, no. No, there's, there's a The Island. There is a The Island. There's with, a The uh, Island. That's the a Michael Bay thing. Spotting. Yeah. Ewan McGregor. Oh, that's Ewan confusing. McGregor. I think yeah. it's a Michael Bay thing. But in my yeah. mind, it's like, yeah, I was always defending. Yeah. I think it's, it's The Rock. Oh, Christ. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, man. No, no, that's 127 hours. That's the one with oh, The Rock. Right. But the point <laughs> is, the beach isn't <laughs> beloved, but The Island is. Is that is that how that works out? Oh, sure. Yes. Right, yeah? It's a shared cinematic universe, I think, right? 
Um, millions in 2004, which I know nothing about. I think it's about a kid who finds money and has yeah. to make a moral decision. That's right? Slumdog Millionaire. Um, That's Richie Rich. That is uh, Richie Rich is the correct answer. So <laughs> um, I think he directed a stage adaptation of Frankenstein. If I'm looking at this correctly, I'm not going to click on the IMDb. It's but he it, had a bunch of like bright lights shining in everyone's faces, so you really couldn't see the monster the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's Benedict Cumberbatch uh, as, as Frankenstein, so maybe that's for the best. Oh, uh, that's cute. Uh, just kidding. I don't know. I have nothing against Benedict there, Cumberbatch. There's just a guy that holds your head and shakes it a little bit. So you're like, uh, <laughs> I don't see that guy. Don't <laughs> what? do you think about this movie's reputation? Because for a lot of the movie, I was just thinking like, I've probably had this movie recommended to me four times since it came out. Does that sound sure. like the appropriate amount? Yeah, yeah. I feel like it, <laughs> I feel like it's held in much higher esteem than it probably deserves. I had an oh, expectation really? going into this movie of it being much more like slow, slower, quieter, more dramatic, I hmm. guess more like of a drama rather you than a like thriller. You were like expecting like a Tarkovsky style like I still haven't seen Tarkovsky or, any oh, Tarkovsky movies so I guess I shouldn't, like, uh, shouldn't comment like on that but yes hour, three hours long and extremely existential and kind of dry well somewhere closer to that yeah right mm-hmm. because it was made in 2007 it was a big budget picture it couldn't be like totally that right mm-hmm. but like more that than it ended up being more I guess my uh, preclusion toward Annihilation really led me to that idea because Annihilation right. is a much quieter much weirder film uh, and it ends up being a little more event horizon than you expected yeah yeah <laughs> Oh wow, that's a really good comparison. Very strong, well, it helps yeah. that we just saw a trailer yeah. for it yeah. before this at the trial. Yeah. End. Really did never seen it quite well. Oh really? So, yeah. You'll have to come back for the episode that we do on it. Hell oh, yeah! When August? I think is that when it's happening? Is it know. August September? It's it's know. in like three weeks. Right? Hey, we're approaching the months? event horizon. Oh, no, what the? How? How? Excuse me. The trial end. <laughs> Have yes. they talked to you guys? Do they know this podcast exists? It's a weird, like, tete-a-tete. Well, re- well, they won't. Their social situation. media person knows th- who we are because they keep retweeting us. Oh, that's oh, sweet. They have retweeted at least one thing, and it was where we shared a piece that was written about their projectionist. Nikki, I'm forgetting her last name. Yeah. But, uh, Sorry, and, and I, f- I feel like Shout they know our faces because we go there often enough. I cannot confirm that they've actually listened to, but we've so like tried to start mentioned? dialogue. We've tried to start dialogue with a couple of their the people who are working there. Have, that's always that's like generous. they're working there. I, was, the, <laughs> I have. <laughs> Does it go something like this? Uh, how much for the popcorn? Do you have a ticket? <laughs> oh, right. Yes, often. Uh, no, there hasn't been any like direct. We, I, I guess it went from uh, we want to start this without asking them to just like put it out there. Five episodes in, we'll see if they're interested in like actually making a thing about out of it and then 26 episodes in we just what is wrong with you cowards <laughs> reach out just go knock you just on the door you're cowards <laughs> <laughs> like, come on it has a name what uh, a weird thing you guys are making yeah. here what the hell's going on it's it, like the only reason we do it is because it's like shit not fun we don't yeah, actually yeah. like we're paying to have it on the internet so we're but, not making right. money off it but like put a flyer at the try line or something it's not a it's not big business over there they're come probably see this cool. movie that we saw three weeks ago <laughs> yeah it's exactly. not playing anymore yeah, that's <laughs> something else we should probably work but, on. But yeah. still, it's it's uh, it's helping to prop up a cool little theater yeah. in the area that shows movies that other theaters do not show these yeah. days. Uh, they're showing, uh, I, I guess, reprints or, or reruns of, of movies. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a, a small uh, sci-fi movie from 2007. Yeah, and people Seven. kind of showed up to watch it on oh, a yeah. Tuesday night, which is yeah. mind-boggling. And this is like the last night it's showing, so there were several showings before this that I'm sure people turned out for. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a great little place. Like ultimately, best, yeah. ultimately, yes, cowardice. Uh-huh. But uh, second that. to that is like what what benefit do we gain? Do we like have I a partnership know. with them where we see movies for free and then like show up? Do they and start yeah, charging I don't want that benefit, and I think that's the primary reason why you I don't want it. 
Not really. I, but what it if, makes like, me feel skeezy about doing this. Oh, you know? please. That's such light skis. Like, you guys could go in, like, night before and see the movie they're going to be running the week of and then post the podcast about it, like, on opening night. They would love the promotion. They retweet it. It's a win-win. Ultimately, that'd be a great, like, opportunity. We'll the, just play the, this episode for them. We'll the just be thing, like, yeah. hi, the we've got something it, to... <laughs> the other thing is we've all got full-time jobs that make it really difficult to, like, coordinate all of that. Yeah, that's I, what we have. We have a now. backlog of, like, six to ten episodes right now. Just the weird, because I, I, think we just, I think we have five right now. Well, I'm talking about even older episodes. Oh, right. Really? recording with, like, one Yeti in the middle of my kitchen. Oh, that's right. Oh, the the, that right. Those are the ones I wasn't invited to. Four guys, one Yeti. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, well, any lingering thoughts about this movie, then? Anything that anybody wrote down that didn't get to... Touch on yeah. I wrote down the word scooter. Uh, she wrote a scooter yes. around. Yes, which that was a weird detail. Rash. Yes, you have to get around quicker. Yeah, there's somehow. a character detail. Yeah, Silly Murphy was riding a scooter in the climax. It was awesome. <laughs> what the hell? It was a weird spaceship where it's just loose enough for a scooter. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. Huh? I thought that uh, Chris Evans' uh, Heelys were a really good way to characterize that <laughs> particular character. He doesn't need to rely on the same scooter everybody else does. He has a spirit of independence. Uh, I have more lines of note. Um, yeah, real quick, please. Um, Fire in the Oxygen Garden, I think, is one that the Icarus ship says. And I was like, if I ever become a musical artist of any kind, that's it's like what my, album, that's what my album's going to be yeah. called, mm-hmm. Fire in the Oxygen Garden. Um, when um, the psychiatrist um, sprays water on Icarus 1 for oh, yeah. about 15 seconds, and he goes, got water. <laughs> and, and, then he, and then he opened the fridge right after it and looks in and he's like, hmm, got milk. Uh, he uh, mm-hmm. that's also the the like scare chord of that scene is that it cuts right to him spraying water and the water is very loud incredibly yeah. loud ah, it's yeah. like clipping yeah you were right next to me you were like ah I, well I, I jump a lot because I'm a very anxious person as we've established we're all cowards <laughs> yeah. right. so, uh, no did you have that feeling though too watching this movie of like oh I didn't actually accidentally stumble into a horror film did I uh, like distinctly oh, please, in the no. second act yeah okay uh, good I, I had like when they were going into the, the Ashfield Icarus one I was like oh this is like a jump scare movie yeah like, that's what this is going to be now with those yep. splice frames of the rest of the crew I'd like that was actually kind of scary I know everybody uh, yeah. was like either right. annoyed or pleased by it but it was actually kind of creepy to have that happen without note without uh, like very a, creepy. an audio yeah. cue to it uh, and again like like it's it's sort of a um, that one of the most interesting things we were talking about this a little bit, Jason. To me, about this movie is that it's not interested in uh, the things happening on screen having a direct reference to the reality of the the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like right. like there's there's absolutely no quote unquote logical reason for those cut-ins mm-hmm. and like like they don't have any referent in the reality of the movie it's like wait are, are the crew members seeing those are they thinking about the the deceased crew or their mm-hmm. own crew and that's why that's happening right it's like yes maybe but more importantly the audience is getting this now and like this movie is more interested in like presenting an idea to the audience than that idea being grounded in what's happening in the story right in a way that's really interesting to me um, my, my favorite example of that is when uh, it's just when Cillian Murphy's character is realizing how that there's another person on the ship that the um Pinbacker has made his way onto their ship, and the ship is telling Icarus is telling him, uh, teasing him. Five. Yeah, basically, like, no, 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 five members. No, it's four. No, it's five. It's five. Uh, and they just keep going back and forth. But, like, and then that's intercut between, like, the f- most of the left side of the frame of Cillian Murphy is just blackness, just like mm-hmm. there's a piece of machinery between the lens and the character. Uh, and then just cut with that is just bright beaming glow of the outline of the guy and then yeah. when cut that cuts back to that he's mm. still imprinted there yeah just like a bizarre weird thing to do mm-hmm. in, in cutting that i think like really lends itself to that idea of 
Please continue. Stop me before I make more of an I was waiting for you to, to finish your thought. I was ready to, to jump on that um, that teasing that the ship does uh, and just, like, the inevitability of comparing this to other sci-fi films and, like, ship voices and, like, the whole idea of them being, like, the most efficient means of communication as possible. Yeah. The ship, right. thro- like, yeah, teases you with information just, like, no, we're going to go back to autopilot. Um, no, we're going to do m- manual. It's like, no, autopilot. Say it's like, what? It's like, yeah. say what? It's like, no, give me a reason. No, we're doing autopilot. Why? Uh, fire in the oxygen garden. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and also, like, like, well, if the crew member's unknown, then how do you know it's a fucking crew member, Icarus 1? Like, don't, don't screw with me. <laughs> the circuit board fries. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, ben, I'm John, just trying my best here. <laughs> Any last things? Not, not really. About sunshine. Uh, you should see it if you haven't. It, yeah, if you like strange little sci-fi movies um, and uh, putting like big bang bombs into the sun. Hell yeah, it's a pretty cool. Also, apparently, yeah. didn't make its money back. That's a bummer. Oh, no, really? We keep calling it big budget here, but looking at this print ad, right. it was in like oh an hell idiot. yeah. Oh wow, forty million dollars and apparently made thirty-two. Didn't uh, didn't uh, Annihilation get? Annihilated at the box yeah. office. Oh, did it really? Yeah, really, it really badly? And but then they, they pushed it straight to Netflix. Do you remember that? I was oh, going to say it was. Right. It was kind yeah. of like. I mean, it's uh, they set it up for disaster. I mean, the people who released it right because they like Came cut out of, like that, February or something. They, they well, they well not just that they like cut the theatrical run short with the intention of putting it on Netflix because it was like in. Japan, it was on Netflix right away. Yeah. There's some weird thing like that, right? Yeah. And then the distribution rights in America pulled it to Netflix. Right. Everybody early. should see Annihilation too. For it's a very good movie. Yeah, uh, comparing this to Annihilation, I don't think that the the provocative sort of um, thought provoking sci sci fi elements of this movie or its its overall for for boating tone sort of are as thematically resonant as they are in, in Annihilation. Like, I really think Annihilation earns everything that it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't think Sunshine quite does. Um, but I think that even on the strength alone of creating that provo- thought-provoking feeling in me and, like, where's this going to go and, like, what's it trying to say makes this movie um, really worthwhile for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Would you have liked the movie more if... It's like fifth crew member who could it be and he goes in that room and it was what i feel like they were teasing you with with it being like a sun god i thought it was literally going to be like an embodiment of the sun yes will. would right. you have like that kind more. of is and yes absolutely just like it's just go I full wanted, religious i wanted thing. The, the third act of this movie to not make any comprehensible sense whatsoever it right. almost right. did that but yes in not the way that you wanted yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i wonder if that was one of the original pitches and they're like let's bring it back down to earth come you, on you almost have to think that Same. somebody like a studio was like can we make this a slasher movie uh, that's we, like how it felt right can it's we like, sell like toys of this guy can we put him <laughs> in a mortal Kombat game or what <laughs> i'm sorry uh we paid for mark strong and uh <laughs> <laughs> we only we covered up his face for something <laughs> Uh, I'll go on the record as saying Cillian Murphy could absolutely never in a million years take Chris Evans on physically and <laughs> no. wind no, him never, twice. Never, ever, ever in any galaxy, ever. They were winded the second time because they were low on oxygen. So oh. any exertion Thanks. was, was winding them. Dead like, Oil does not need your defending. No, uh, Michelle Yeoh There was almost it, a like, really right good gender role commentary there where like they're fighting and running out of oxygen and then the two women like literally just, almost step just over them rolling their <laughs> eyes like, yeah, Michelle just you turns away. around and she's like guys we have to conserve oxygen yeah. and she just like keeps on it's like yeah shit we do suck right. little babies. <laughs> and even when he's like panicking in the in the yeah. suit too it's like you gotta slow down yeah. you gotta relax uh, I'm confused by like the bureaucracy on the ship and how it works overall because of that moment early on which is like I guess almost as close as the movie gets to being a joke 
when uh, Chris Evans is like, I volunteer Kappa over here. Yeah. It's, it's like, okay, great. I guess And, and everybody's just like, well, he said it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and also, they're like, we need a unanimous vote about whether or not we're going to kill this guy. And then she doesn't give the vote. They don't which get is, it. Yeah. I loved her little line there. She's like, I'm not giving you my vote. Uh, and then right. it's like, well, next step. Everybody knows majority rules. There's like this weird unspoken like, leap. Well, we all know Chris Evans can kick anybody's ass on this ship. So that when it comes was, down to that it, that was the implication, right? right? Yes. Oh, yeah. interesting. Well, is, yeah. that, is that he was just like, well, I was always just going to do this. It was sort yeah. of like it. It pointed. Right. I think she was pointing out that it wasn't actually a vote. Was her sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, again, ultimately, he was right most of the time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm with Chris. <laughs> I'm with Chris. Chris I'm with Chris. Chris. Uh, all right. I think that's the end of our podcast, everybody. Uh, the the last scene in Sydney, they had the monoliths from 2001 just in the foreground. Uh, with that, oh, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. people were standing by, and it, it fucking pissed me off really bad. It was such <laughs> a stupid, so on the nose <laughs> reference, and I was like, shut up, movie. Then there's mm. a baby floating in space afterwards. <laughs> right. Also, speaking of on the, no- on the nose, uh, when the psychiatrist guy his skin was peeling off mm-hmm. he had a bunch of Danny Boyles on his face it's like we got it we yes. all are obsessed with it Just thank yeah. you very much for listening this to Try Love everybody uh, my name is Jason and I'll let the rest of the crew sign off I guess we don't have a formula for this I'm Ben Hansen signing off and I'm here with I'm John Carson also signing recently off. married tell him congratulations yeah, congrats, congrats. congratulations uh, where can people follow you guys oh, uh, on Twitter yeah you could you could follow me on Twitter at John underscore Carson uh, where can I follow you and your beautiful wife in real life? Uh, just follow me home. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, you know uh, where I parked. That's true. Uh, I'm Ben Hansen on Twitter. It's Yozetti, Y-O-Z-E-T-T-Y. Were you struggling to remember that just now? I just what don't like that? saying it because it's a bad name. Yeah, <laughs> you can true. find him weekly okay. on the Game well, Informer no, show. That's true. That's a podcast yep. for gaming. And you can find the stuff he does at Game Informer. That's true. Thank you. That's so sweet, you guys. Uh, I'm Harry. You know who I am. Well, you, <laughs> you need a haircut, but uh, I'm Cody. Uh, and I'm Jason. I already said that, but thanks for listening. Bye. We just got to get the last word. Chris Evans was right. <laughs> <laughs>